Well, thank you for sharing, for praying. I heard a story about two teenagers. Uh, one teenager was talking to the other and said, I'm really worried. Uh, Dad slaves away at his job, so I'll never want anything, and so I can go to college. And Mom, she spends every day washing dishes and clothes and ironing, cleaning up after me. She takes care of me when I'm sick. The other kid said, so what are you so worried about? The first teenager said, well, I'm afraid they might try to escape. Anyway, I tried. (laughs) Um, This morning on Father's Day, uh, I'm not going to challenge the dads to be like God the Father. Uh, A a couple years ago, um, my uncle back there (laughs) said, uh, Mother's Day is is whenever, you know, we come together and and the church just talks about how great moms are. All the moms are perfect, and we just we just lift them up. There's like moms and there's Jesus, right? I don't think he said it just like that, but it was. I got the idea. And then and then Father's Day, um, all the dads come and basically get beat up for a half an hour and told that you're worthless and try harder, something like that. <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that today. Um, but I, I am gonna challenge. All Christians to be like Jesus. And we, that's that's the that's the the gospel truth and and our example. But we're going to do it a little different today. We're in our Ten Commandments series. We started it two weeks ago, and the whole idea when God gave the Ten Commandments to the Israelites before He did, before He even got into the rules, He said, "I am your God. You are my people." So He established the relationship first, and then He reminded them. He said, "I brought you out of slavery," and so it was a reminder: you can trust me. And then he gave the rules. And so last week we did the first four, and it was all about God and us, how we acknowledge God and how we represent God to the world around us. That's the first four commandments. And then next week we're going to do the last five, and that is us and others, how we love other people, how we live in relationships with other people. And so today on Father's Day, uh, there's this hinge point, and it's the fifth commandment. And and I'm going to read it in a second, not yet here, um, but some people say that this is about us and God, and some people say this is about us and others. I really think it's both. It says this, it's Exodus 20, verse 12. Um, Here we go. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. That's it. That's the commandment. It seems pretty clear, right? How does this speak to us today? See, this command is not just about uh, parents and children. This is is, uh, a, a culture in general. It extends well beyond just a parent and their kids. See, there was a a guy that he complained. He said, youth today have luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people today do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company. Now, what what does that sound like? I mean, when would you guess someone said that? Maybe in the last 10 years, uh, last 50 years maybe. That's what, when, I, when I first read it, that's what I would have thought. That was uh, Socrates who, lived, who, who died 2,400 years ago. This is not a new thing. Every generation of, of young people have had issues with their parents and vice versa. Um, so if this is such a big deal, I mean, it is a big deal. It's in, it's in the list. It's in the big, the big Ten, the Ten Commandments. But wouldn't you think... When you look at all the, all the commandments, it doesn't it look like they're kind of addressed to adults? 
I, I know that obviously they work for kids too, but if you read through the Ten Commandments, I think most people would assume that this list is going out to the adult Israelites first. But then you get to this one, and it's like, well, here's this one for the kids, and the rest of them are for adults. So as long as the adults follow the rest, and then the kids follow this one, then we're good to go. Right? Well, why not start by telling the parents? Why well, wasn't one of the commandments, uh, parents, love and care for your children? I mean, I, I think that would have been ideal. So why not? I think, there's, I think it's worded this way for two reasons. It's more natural for a parent to love their children than for a child to obey their parents. I think it just is natural. Um, the second is this is not just for young kids. This is, this is about adults with living parents, uh, maybe even more so, and I'll talk about that in a little while uh, as to why I think that that's the case. But this is the first commandment that has to do with loving people. Um, the last four were for sure about, about um, peop- the Israelites, the people they were given to, and God. And then we get to this first one, and isn't it interesting that it starts with our family? I mean, really think about that. The very first one, you would think, okay, here's the commandments about God and the people, and now we're going to get to the list of the things that um, are, you know, uh, with relationships and dealing with others. And I, I feel like the first one would be, like, do not murder, right? I, I think that would be the first one, but it's not. It starts with our family. Because isn't it so much easier to respect and honor and forgive people who are not in our family? I mean, there are, there are things that I've said to my wife and to, and to my daughters that maybe I've talked with a certain tone um, that there's no way I would ever talk to a coworker with that same tone. I mean, I, I hate to admit that, but I think, I assume I'm not the only one, but if, if you talked to your coworker the way that you talked to your spouse, it probably, there probably wouldn't be a, um, you know, much of a, a job after that. Um, and, and I just think it's so much easier. Uh, to, to do that, and that's why this command is first. It starts in the home. It starts with our family. This, this sets our culture up in ways that God established a long time ago, and when the family fails, our society fails. The church can step in. Uh, who, who will honor our families? Who will, who will take care of the elderly? At that time, they didn't have nursing homes. You took care of the elderly. Your parents, as they aged, you took care of them. You stepped up. Well, who would do that? We could say today, well, you know, the, the church should, the government should, but why not the family? Why wouldn't it start there? Family is usually, not always, but usually the first place we go when we have a need. Our family is supposed to prepare us to live in the, in the real world. And so this command, I think there's an assumption here, and, and yeah, it, it says one thing, but there's so much scripture around it and so much context, I, I think it's assumed and it's two-part, it's two-sided. Are the parents taking care of their kids and teaching them is one. And are the kids learning to honor and respect authorities, others, and not being so selfish? Because when either fails, we're in trouble. This has always been a really big deal. Back in Deuteronomy 21, in the time with the law, just about the same time here um, as the command, um, actually the, the Ten Commandments are also in Deuteronomy 5, it says this, it says, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother, will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. Now that's, that's pretty intense. This is, uh, this is very, um, a very uh, uh, strong way of dealing with it. 
but I, I think it shows us how important it is uh, for people to stay close to God. Uh, my, my kids were in here first service and heard me say that, and I had to make sure, like, hey, we're not, you, if you disobey me, we're not going to throw, we're not going to stone you to death, but I was trying to be clear, or not so uh, blunt about it. <laughs> so, kids, you're okay, but, but you still got to listen to your parents. <laughs> um, but it's clear uh, that, that, uh, that dishonoring our parents is sin. In the New Testament, it's actually one of the signs of the end times. In 2 Timothy 3, it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now listen to this list and some things that are on it, and I don't think we'd put them in the same category, but they're right here. It says people will be lovers of themselves, selfish, right? Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Another pretty, uh, pretty uh, bold command or bo uh, bold instructions uh, as to what to do when, when people are living this way. And, and so there's, there's this strong push to honor your parents. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to honor your parents? This is where it kind of gets tricky. This word honor, it, it means weighty or heavy. All right, when, when you get on a scale, we don't want it to be heavier, right? So that seems odd. But, but think about this. If you have uh, gold, a little bar of gold or a nugget of gold, you put it on the scale, you want it to weigh more. You want it to have more weight. That's this idea here. The heavier it is, the more valuable it is. And so when someone is weighty, we take them more seriously. So to honor our parents is to give them the appropriate weight to their position, to hold them in high esteem, and to value them. So now that we understand what it means, at least partially, why did it make the list of the Ten Commandments? Why is this such a big deal? Now, we may have some things come to mind. You should honor your parents because they made sacrifices, or uh, they, of their life, because of their life experiences, or because maybe they're just good parents and you think, I should do it. But that's going to get tricky here in a little bit. But the best reason is right in the text. Honor your father and mother. All right, here's, that's what you do. And then it says, so that, so here's why, you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That's not, that's not the reason I've always heard we're supposed to honor our parents. I thought, you, you know, you're supposed to honor your parents and obey them because, because I'm the parent and you're supposed to right? Uh, or or um, they say, I brought you into this world so I can take you out. I guess there's some truth to that, but they, we shouldn't. But it, it might be easy to say that we, that we trust God with our lives, um, that, that, we, that we know we're supposed to, uh, but we don't honor our parents. Um, we, we can trust God in our relationships. We might say that, but this is the hard one. You know, I think it's hardest to deal with this one more than any other uh, because you get to choose most relationships. I mean, mo for the most part, you get to choose who your friends are, and, and, and uh, if, if you work somewhere and you don't get along with anyone, you can go work somewhere else. You don't really get to choose your family. Uh, we're kind of stuck with them. That's, that's who they are. So you got to deal with them, right? And so this is a really hard thing, and so we have to trust God through it. Th this commandment is a good thing. He doesn't say, hey, honor your parents uh, or you're going to be cursed. He says, you're going to be blessed. This is a really good thing. But you, you say, you might say, well, I don't want to. Or uh, he doesn't deserve to be honored. Or she failed as a mom. Or he failed as a dad. Then say it like that. Uh, don't, don't say I'm not going to because they didn't do their part. Say, God, I, 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 um, I hear your command 
but I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to. I mean, just, just be, blunt, be honest about it, and then we can move forward and maybe figure out a way to deal with that. God said to do it for a good reason. The Israelites, they were, they were uh, in slavery, and he freed them. Uh, he brought them out of the land of slavery. He promised them um, a, a promised land or a, a good place, right? Uh, and God was saying that if you want to stay there, if you want to keep living in this, this nation, uh, honor your fathers and mothers. It wasn't a, an automatic guarantee that if you do it that you live to be 90. It wasn't a, um, if someone died young that it meant that they broke the command. It wasn't like that. There was this assumption here, though, and this is the second part of the command. The assumption is here, uh, in here is that the parents were trying to teach their children how to know and love God. So they're doing their part. Because without it, this made no sense. The, I, I say it's an assumption, but it's really, it's right there in the blessing. This is how they're going to live long as a, as a culture, as a society, keeping God in. And if you get rid of them, then watch how the culture falls. Watch how the society falls. Where did they learn most about God? Uh, when this was written, it was in the home. So today, where do kids learn most about God? I think a lot of people would say the church, but the church only gets the kids one to three hours a week. Maybe they come to church Sunday morning and go to kids' church. There's an hour Sunday school, another hour, uh, big Wednesday. Now they're really getting a lot, right? That's not enough. It's still the responsibility of the parents. See, Deuteronomy 6, this is a little bit lengthy, but I want to read this because it's kind of a commentary on this one command. If, if we weren't in the Ten Commandments series, I probably would have just preached through this text here because it really helps to explain what this means. It says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you were crossing the Jordan to possess. So that, again, just like earlier, so that, here's what's going to happen, you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And here's the responsibility. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. That's the responsibility of the parents, not take them to church and let them learn and move on. No, when you're eating, when you're at the table eating, talk about them. When you're, you know, they, they weren't driving cars then, but how many people spend hours with their kids uh, each week driving from one place to another, one game to another, one concert, or uh, uh, going shopping. Like, we're with our kids a lot more than, the, than, than the, the Sunday school teachers and the children's ministers. It's our responsibility to teach them. And then the kids have the responsibility. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. And then the same blessing, it's repeated over and over again, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. For many of you, the, the life that you have today, the joy that you find in life is because of your parents' instructions. Maybe it wasn't a parent. Maybe it was someone else. Maybe it was a youth minister or a Sunday school teacher. But you needed to hear it from somewhere because maybe kids don't feel the same guilt and need, the, need forgiveness the same way that we do. Uh, but we need to hear these things. This is, this is the gospel. I know this was written a long time before Jesus lived and died and rose. Um, and, and so uh, it might have been read a little bit differently. But we know what forgiveness is. We know that we're going to mess up and we need, we need some of this. And at the time the kids 
kids hear it, they're probably like, well, that's nice. He died for me. He died for my sins. Good, good, good for him. I, I mean, that's nice and all, but what have I done? I, I broke a crayon and didn't tell anyone and, and lied to my parents about something. No, we, we know as we get older, and, and then these things start to come back, like, okay, I really did need that. It really did mean something. So it's the responsibility of the, of the parents to pass it on. First question I, I think that many would have, if my parents don't do their part, do I have to do mine? I mean, really think about it. Do I have to honor my parents if they didn't do their part? I know that many parents, um, or many people in here have parents who uh, were at best dysfunctional and at worst abusive. The Bible's full of dysfunctional parents. Parents letting down and even hurting their kids, it's not new. It's been happening for a long time. I think maybe the best example in Scripture is, so there was a, a guy named Jonathan, and his, his best friend was David, who became King David, uh, David and Goliath, that same guy. And then Jonathan's dad was Saul, or King Saul, so he was the king at the time, the king before David. And Jonathan's father, King Saul, he was an angry and insecure and very unpredictable person. I mean, he, he was uh, dysfunctional and abusive. During one battle, Saul swore to curse any soldier who ate before he avenged his enemies. But his son didn't hear it, and he ate some honey. And, uh, and he said, well, you know what? Then you're going to die. Now, fortunately, some of the other soldiers stepped in. But this is the kind of man he was, that he would kill his own son for a very small mistake. And Saul treated David even worse. At first, he loved him, but then he became jealous of him. And David was becoming more famous than Saul. And when he, he tried, so he tried to kill David. He threw a spear at him and tried to pin him to the wall. He tried to kill him a couple times. He ordered his son Jonathan to kill him. He tried to have him killed in battle. So Jonathan honored God by disobeying his father. How, does that honoring, how is that honoring your parents? It doesn't mean that you have to listen to everything they say when you're an adult. Uh, you have to put God first. He warned David. He confronted his father. He said, why would you shed innocent blood by killing David without cause? See, Jonathan was actually honoring his father by helping him uh, to, to get right, to repent. As adults, the command to honor parents, it doesn't mean everything, we do everything they say. It means that we still have to put God first, but we can actually help them. Sometimes we honor our parents the most by trying to keep them from doing something that will dishonor God. See, David faced a similar dilemma. Now, all th this is where I say it's not just, I don't think it was just about uh, a child and a parent, but it was a, about a culture in general. It was about the, all the Israelites. Saul wasn't uh, David's father, but he was king, so he was an authority in his life. And on one occasion, after Saul had been on a manhunt for David, he was trying to kill him, David had an opportunity to kill Saul. And David's men said, David, didn't you hear God, God promised to deliver you from your enemy and make you king? Here's your chance. Go for it. Kill Saul. But David refused. He said, the Lord forbid that I should put my hand against the Lord's anointed. When Saul found out that David passed on the chance to kill him uh, a second time, he repented and he invited David to make peace with him and return to him. Doesn't that sound nice? David did the right thing, and Saul says, I, I messed up. Come on back home. And do you know what David did? He refused. He didn't go back. He honored Saul as king, but he had learned by a repeated experience that he could not trust him. He wasn't sure if he was sincere. The command to honor parents doesn't mean that we, that we don't set up boundaries. 
uh, in our relationship with them. Submitting to authority doesn't mean that we put ourselves in a, in a place of violence or abuse. There are times that we say to a parent, you know what, because of how you've broken my trust over and over again, at least for now I can't have a close relationship with you. I know that's hard. You can still honor them. By, you honor them more by doing that than allowing them to uh, continue in their destructive ways. I mean, to let someone abuse you over and over again is not honoring them. It's not honoring yourself. It's not honoring God. It doesn't mean for, forever, but it might mean for now. It might mean that you have to put up some clear boundaries. I don't want you to leave here and, and, and hear me say, well, I have to honor my parents, so if they want to abuse me, then I guess I'll just let them. Not at all. That's not, that's not what this is about. This is about parents doing their part and passing on the faith to their children and the, faith, uh, the children receiving that and so that our, 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 uh, our lives could be a, a good representation of who God is. I hope that no one will use this commandment as uh, ammunition. You know, the Bible says so, so I'm the boss. I, that's not what it's for. It's, it's so that the culture, the, the society, everyone would receive a blessing uh, from God, but a responsibility as a parent to teach your children who God is and what He offers. See, as children teenagers, young adults, middle age or older, um, none of us have been perfect. We've all failed in keeping this fifth commandment. This is a reminder to show some grace to your kids and also to your parents. That we're all sinners. Uh, they're, they're, parents are sinners just like the rest of us. There's something that happens, I think, um, you know, you're a kid and you maybe you hold your parent to a higher standard and you don't agree with everything, but they're the parent and that's the way it goes and that's how it's supposed to be. And, uh, and, and then you become an adult and it's like, Okay, well, I can have an opinion. I can think through some of this. And, but then you start to think they're real people too. See, I, I think the reason that sometimes if, if, a, if a friend treated me a certain way or lied to me, and I, would, I might be upset, and then I'd say, you know what, I forgive you. Um, or if, a, if a, a, um, a spouse or a coworker did something, we, you know, just shake it off, let it go. But a parent does it. They make one little mistake, and you're like, nope, you're out. You're done. I'm not going to talk to you for, for 30 years. You're, you're out. We hold them to such a higher standard, and it's like, hey, they, they receive the gospel, too. They need the gospel, too. They're not perfect, either. I know this is hard. I, I, like I said, that doesn't mean that you, you, you uh, let them abuse you, but it, it does mean that you share the same gospel with them and, and, uh, and allow that to uh, be uh, them to be a part of it, too that, well, everyone else is forgiven, but my parents, no chance, they're out. It doesn't work that way. It might be harder. We might have a higher, a higher bar for our parents because we expect more, but they're people too. And then as parents, we mess up, and we hope that our kids will forgive us. And when our kids mess up, we forgive them. It is the, this relationship thing with family is harder than anything else. But if we, would, if we would live out the gospel the same way with our families as we do with everyone else, uh, offering forgiveness and, and accepting forgiveness, uh, I, I, think it, I think it would be in a better place. I think that's why this commandment's here. Only Jesus was perfect. He, was, uh, he honored his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, in many ways. There were misunderstandings, but he honored them. While he was dying on the cross... This happened, John 19, when Jesus saw his mother there, so he's, he's dying on the cross at this moment, and, and, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son, and to the disciple he said, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple, who is John, took, took her into his home. Jesus knew even in that moment, someone's going to have to take care of mom. This, they, they didn't have, play, the women were treated differently, and this is just what needed to happen. 
and he still put her first. I think more importantly, he honored God, um, even to the point of death. Before he took the cross, he prayed this in Matthew 26, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Just a second, we're going to take communion. We do this every week as a reminder. And I, we always have this, the same reminder of it was Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. But today as we take it, um, I want to consider this cup. I want to consider what he did and how he obeyed the commandment perfectly. It, it, it's a reminder of our failings that we will not be perfect. This is just another rule, another part of the law that shows me that I'm not perfect. And we just aren't. And, and then we look at Jesus and we, well, we have a perfect example. Why don't we just follow him? And then it would, we'd be in good shape. And then we mess up. And we, we leave here and we, well, I broke that one again, I broke that one, just, I just can't do it. This is a reminder not that Jesus was a perfect example, but he was the Savior that we needed. That's what this is all about. The law showed our weakness, but the cross, the resurrection shows God's power, his offering of new life. And when we fall short, and when, when, when I think about my relationship with my kids and my wife and my parents and you guys, and, and to think, he did that for me, I'm forgiven. I share that same grace with others. That's, that's the reminder that we have a, a new hope and a new life. Let's pray. Father, we, we mess up in so many ways. Um, I, I just, I see this uh, commandment uh, to honor our parents, um, to, uh, uh, to, to uh, be obedient to you can be really tough at times. And, and so I pray uh, that we would receive this gospel, uh, the good news that that we do fall short, every one of us, and you've offered forgiveness. And so I pray that you would help us in our relationships with those closest to us, whether it's our parents, a spouse, kids, friends, wh whoever it is. I pray that we would uh, do our best uh, to accept forgiveness and pass it on to others. I, I thank you for every person here today uh, that as we uh, hear from your scriptures, the responsibility, uh, but also the blessing. Uh, that this is uh, not something that we earn, but something you've offered us, a gift. So I thank you for the, the gift of, of following you and what that would mean, but I also thank you for the gift of new life that you've offered us through your Son. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.